1: Hello and welcome to Wake and Jake PBD remote today. Getting better, feeling better, resting up for the World Series. Myself, pretty good shirt on me today. Well dressed Wednesday for the YouTube. We are gonna talk some World Series. The World Series is upon us. Uh, you know, we had our talking baseball episode drop with the fellows, but I think we can flush it out a little more uh with what I'm looking at at least. Uh in, in the, uh, not the mid, I was just going to call it the Midsummer Classic. What's the, what's the dumb world series like? The Fall Classic. Fall Classic. Fall Classic. Uh, so we got that. Uh, and then we'll do football a little later on either another YouTube clip or on the same pod. So with that, today is Wednesday, 10 a.m., uh, Passing just put an article out about Judge that, I tweeted out under that I have to read, and he just texted me book report by noon, so I'm fucked. Um, not reading that. I'll skim it for sure. The Houston Astros. I skimmed. Yeah. Good.
0: Bad? Uh yeah, I'm like I'm like through the first half of it. I think it's just uh, I think I'm about to get to the stuff that's new. The juicy stuff.
1: Okay. Well, I'll get there with brother Jeff later. The Houston Astros. Uh, that's none of their business currently, because they won 106 games in the regular season. They then entered the postseason, and they are 7-0. and uh, They swept their in-division uh, Mariners, three games to zero. <laughs> Mariners kind of could have easily taken two of those games. There's the 18-inning game, and then there's the game they won, the Robbie Ray Jordan affair, you may remember that, but they didn't. They won. The Yankees they tripped up against the Guardians a little bit, some rainouts and things like that. They come in, they don't punk game one. They're in game one. It might have been the game that they had the the best chance to win. Yankees go to their B bullpen, if not their C bullpen. Houston wins. They kind of dominate the next two. Strikeout fest. Sad times. The drop ball by the Yankees. Uh, and then that game four, the Yankees fought pretty good. Offense puts up five. They can't turn to double play. Nestor gave up the three-run shot to Pena. Bada-bing, bada-boom. The Astros are 7-0. and And in four of those games, they had a... A decent chance to lose them, and they just didn't. Uh, And maybe that's a Houston thing. Maybe that's an opponent thing. You know, the Yankees are one of the hottest topics in the street right now for all the wrong reasons. I mentioned the passing article. Uh, Their front office, who will be coming back, we'll find all that out uh, in the next week or two. uh, We think, but Houston rolls. They, God, they're so so good. I don't need to go through the lineup because you know the guy's in the lineup. I don't really need to go through the rotation because you know the guy's in the rotation. But if you don't know what Christian Javier has done this year, maybe I'd like to drive that home uh, just because he's 25 years old. He had a 2.54 ERA in 25 starts, 148 innings. He's also come out of the bullpen this year for five times. Will, they, will he do that in this playoffs? They haven't, we haven't seen a playoff series pushed to six or seven games yet. So we really haven't seen the wear and tear on a bullpen uh, that can happen. So I wonder, uh, these Astros that kind of got the pace themselves into the playoffs, they played the minimum amount of games in the DS and the CS, will they have to do any Astros funny business? I mean, probably not. Luis Garcia pitched five shutout innings in the 18 inning uh, Mariners games. They didn't use him last series. Jose Arkeedy is a guy who's pitched in the playoffs and had a really nice season. And he'd probably be pitching for your team this postseason if they were still in it. He hasn't pitched this postseason. So. The Astros are rested. Their A-pen has been solid. Presley, Montero, Neris, Stanek, and Abreu uh, with a hint of Hunter Brown trying to get in the mix, but I I wouldn't call him their A-guy. And the rotation is nails from Verlander to Framber to Javier to McCullers. Honestly, the guy who I currently have as their weak point is Verlander, which I think that's a little hot takey because he's Justin Verlander. The Mariners hit him, and the Yankees had him on the ropes the Yankees just stopped hitting. So uh, I actually kind of like the Phillies in game one. I might be putting a little juice on that. But these Astros are so good on every level, and they believe in their plan, which isn't anything fancy. I mean, their top six is going to be their top six, too. Vapena, Jordan, Bregman, Tucker, Gurriel. And then you'll see them do a little bit of matchup stuff. You could see a Ledmus-Diaz. You could see a Trey Mancini. Uh, By the way, Trey Mancini, the best hitter on the Orioles the past five years. Uh, He's currently a bonus piece for them. You might see them rotate the catchers once. They did that in the DS. Um, Vasquez and Maldonado, two guys that have been in a lot of big games and big spots, and do what they do. Um, They seem to have composed playoff at-bats, and they do... Fantastic stuff on the defensive side of the ball. And then center field. I mean, Chaz McCormick, you know, uh, looked at as one of the weak points on this team. You know, he kind of buried the hatchet in the Yankees by hitting that two-run homer. And uh, plays solid defense out there. They have Dubon, who they can plug in. But you know what you're getting from Houston. Um, And they believe in what they're doing. And... I think the internal battle for me the past couple days before I start bringing it to the Phillies and and what lines up for them. There's there's two different schools of thought here that are both win-win or lose-lose and I don't know. The Houston Astros, you already know. I mean, me and Jimmy's Twitter is are jacked up for the coming weeks um, and that's fine. They're an extremely well-run organization. I mean, going back to... You know, even the tanking years, they had a plan. They overstepped uh, the boundaries once or twice, and we all know about that. Everything outside of that has been chef's kiss. Um, Altuve has been there for a while, Bregman has been there for a while. Yuli and Tucker now, with, uh, you know, uh, Jordan and Pena now joining the equation after letting Correa walk, which people thought could be their downfall. Framber, McCullers, Javier, three-quarters of their rotation. When they traded for Justin Verlander, he was DED dead. Remember that? Some sticky stuff, some revivals, all of that. They are what you want your team to be. I mean, they, if, if a pitcher goes to the Astros, do you say it's a coin flip? Or are you like, well, they're probably going to tap into this guy? Narris, Montero, Presley, Stanek. Um you know, what, what they did with Verlander years ago. Uh, and then, you know, we the sniff test, BBD and Trev were on it the most. Young Jeremy Pena, the shortstop. Them as an organization, they deserve the right, especially seeing the contract Correa ended up getting. That man you have to believe that this Pena kid was going to be a solution. And he has been. The, the year-end offensive numbers aren't crazy, but for a rookie season, they're pretty good. Uh, and he's fantastic with the leather. And now in the postseason, he's gone to a new level. So, in a way, Houston is what you want your franchise to become. I mean, their payroll has not been the highest year over year. Uh, they came out with that last decade of payroll, and Houston's middle of the pack. It's they pay the guys when they have to, they tap into the guys that other organizations can't and they call up and they have a young factory of players that continue to find their way that that guy, Hunter Brown, who's thrown in their bullpen right now, he's supposed to be a pretty solid starting pitching prospect. Don't be surprised if next year he's a guy we talk about a lot on the other side and the, the other side of that Astros thing, uh, some people are going to hate them forever for the cheating thing. And I can't tell you how to think. Um, and if you saw my Twitter mentions the past day or two, uh, you'd think I wouldn't tell you to stop che- stop thinking that way about them. But I really don't care anymore. I, I mean, 2017's a long time ago at this point. Um, they're not cheating now. And they're still really good. The other side of the coin, the Philadelphia Phillies, who uh, if you heard us do our Talking Baseball episode, or if you haven't, well, I'll spoil in a minute. I think they need some better help. And now a word from Better Help. You guys are already probably familiar with Better Help, but Better Help, the importance of mental health in the sports world is becoming more and more popular. Athletes, mental health coaches. In your life, you should be taking care of your mental health too. Uh, the importance of it in your day-to-day life to be on top of your game, whether you're me, mid but lovable, like my T-shirt says, or uh, if you're a star athlete, you need to be taking care of your mental health. Because think about it. If you're confident and you're rolling, you feel great. You feel like the bee's knees. You can't be beat. When you're in your head, you're in a slump. Sometimes that's all you think about. Uh, and sometimes there's no way out. With BetterHelp, maybe this could be your way. BetterHelp is a great option, convenient, accessible, and affordable, and entirely online. And the part I like, they'll get you matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey. But if you don't like them, which I think is a key part to all of this, you can switch therapists at any time. When you're ready to feel at the top of your mental health game, therapy can get you there with BetterHelp.com. Slash Jake. Hello. Betterhelp.com slash Jake, and you'll get 10% off your first month. Why don't you give it a roll? So the Philadelphia Phillies, so they'll be teeing up against. They had the longest National League playoff drought coming into this. They got a sixth seed that didn't exist previous to this season. COVID year, I know, don't care. They have a GM that I have been pretty tough on. Dave Dombrowski calling the shots in Philly. Uh, I've taken my, my hacks at before. Cause the equation I've used is that when he comes into a situation, he gets to basically play a fantasy draft on video game mode. He gets to sell his prospects. He gets to sign a couple of free agents. We're not all GMs get to operate that way. And, general manager is funny. I was I was sitting at home last night thinking about this. And when you think of a general manager, if I tell you you're talking to the general manager at a grocery store, you're like, "Okay, you know, I'm I'm talking to the GM, he, you know, a lot of people report to him and he 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 kind of manages the day-to-day business." In sports, we jump to this is the guy making the trades. This is the guy making the free agent signings. And something as uh, The older you get and the more you learn, the GM, they don't fully get to do that. They answer to the owner, and the owner tells them what they can or cannot do. And our guy, Aaron Judge, who I mentioned before, you know, the Yankees want to sign him. Uh, It sounds like the, the Giants have the thumbs up to sign him. It sounds like the Dodgers. Every GM will go up to the price that their owner will give them. So a general manager in sports, you're more so, you're managing the ownership. You are managing the players and the day-to-day, but you're you're generally managing a lot. And I know that sounds dumb because it's the title. Dave Dombrowski, I probably, I didn't want to, but I owe an apology. Because uh, he's now brought another team to the World Series. He made moves. Um, He has made moves in his time in Philadelphia. Uh, Smaller ones that are paying off in droves, uh, whether it's a Jose Alvarado uh, in the bullpen, Uh, David Robertson, I know they brought in Sindergaard, Hand, I mean, guys that have gotten involved. Or your bigger moves. Um, Schwarbo, you know, anybody could have had him. You know, Schwarbo, for what he does offensively, you know, the the risk was defense, and are you going to play him defensively or find a DH spot? There's a lot of teams that don't pay for DH spots, so if you were going to sign Kyle Schwarber, you were probably going to have to play him defensively. They signed him. He played left field. He led the National League in home runs, if I remember correctly. He's been a behemoth this postseason. That has worked out. Um, He stayed on Reser. Um, You know, Real Muto and Harper are... Pretty good ball players. Castellanos, they signed. Remember, remember, I was hell bent that they were going. He was going to go to the Marlins. He's a Marlins fan. One of the one of the few. He's from the area. Felt like the win. Right when he was about to make a decision about his free agency, I think it was down to Miami and Philly. Uh, it was right when Jeter left. That was a pretty big sign that Castellanos wasn't going. And guess what? Nick Castellanos had a bad year. Uh, for his standard, very down. Um, You know, the, the Bohm situation, they stayed around him. Bryson Stott, they made a call, uh, and they got him in the mix, and he has been great for them. Brandon Marsh, they traded for a starting center fielder. I know he's batting ninth. I know the offensive numbers aren't great, but he's tracking down balls. He ran into a huge three-run home run for them. Like, that's a big move that, at the time, didn't seem like something, so... Dave Dombrowski, although I feel like there should be a damn asterisk for the sixth playoff spot because any other year they wouldn't have been in. But no, I'm not going to do that. Dombrowski gets some love. He made a bunch of moves, and the Phillies are in the World Series, and hopefully, as my friend James has been alluding to, the Tampa Bay model... Was win as many regular season games as possible. Tampa Bay has still not won a World Series. The Dodgers said, let's steal the Tampa Bay model and put it on steroids. We're the Dodgers. We've got money. Bing, bang, bong. It's worked really well. They have a World Series. The 2020 asterisk starts to get a little larger. And that's not to go to nuclear war with Dodgers fans. As I was sitting and thinking last night, I was thinking about the, you know, asterisk in baseball and how I, you know, I was a guy that was like, give, give Houston an asterisk, right? Like, you know, they, they cheated <laughs> like, straight up. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Tell the story. It It is what it is. The Dodgers 2020 season, should there not be a story told about it? Isn't that the whole point of an asterisk? Like, it was a 60-game season. We did a funky playoff format. We, we played the whole thing in, not in front of fans and then in a neutral site. I, obviously different circumstances, but the whole part of baseball and sports at the end of the day is kind of telling the story that I don't know. With Houston being as successful as they have been, And now this Phillies run, which I don't know how to compartmentalize it fully. They have the juice, man. Like, they have a better chance to steamroll Houston than Houston has a chance to steamroll the Phillies. IMO, just with how their offense is clicking in the top of their rotation, if they can steal one or two in Houston, they can bring it back to Philly and have a rowdy crowd and go nuts and everyone in that lineup is a threat. That being said, I'm taking Houston. Uh, it feels like they're playing with the piss and vinegar uh, of guys that have been booed by everywhere they go for the past couple of years. They want to legitimate, legitimize this whole thing. As well, they should uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, and I do think the Phillies pitching is going to run thin. Like I said, I mean, the Astros' four starters, Verlander, Valdez, McCullers, Javier... You could shake those up in any order and, and almost not be worried. Let's see who Ranger Suarez is this series. Let's see a Phillies bullpen day. That feels like the pivotal day of this series to me. Um, You know, I, I think we might split in Houston. If not, it's Houston winning both. That game three obviously becomes of the utmost important, the 71% of teams that win a game three, one and one, or whatever it is. But, I mean, that bull... Not only will they have to use their bullpen, but they're going to be facing, you know, right now it's lined up to be Javier. And if it's McCullers, it's just a massive leg up. And will they have to burn out their bullpen? And what does the rest of the series like for them? I think Philly's pitching will be just a little bit too thin. It's baseball. It's seven games. Didn't think the Nats were going to get it done. And then in the game seven, Howie Kendrick hit a foul pole, and, and that was about it. So, let's see, let's buckle up for some good baseball, and um, I don't know, if we're being honest, I mean, I am rooting the Phillies, (laughs) Uh, partially because of Houston fans just being generally mean to me, not all of them are, Uh, the ones that are awesome are awesome, really good people, had so many good people reach out. And I guess where the other place I'm finding solace is the Philadelphia Phillies. They did, they went out and they made a lot of moves. And with this new wild card format, it's high end talent, and they made a lot of moves. And if we have teams acquiring high end talent and making a lot of moves, I think that's really good for the sport. So, uh, Houston and Houston and seven. Uh, maybe the Phillies just keep this juice going and roll. Let's talk some football for this NFL weekend as we dive further and further into the NFL schedule. Week eight, peeps. Holy Toledo. Woo. How do we get here? It feels like the season started the other day. I guess baseball playoffs can really yeah.
0: They really eat into it, huh?
1: Yeah, really take some some days out of your lives. And speaking yep. of Thursday, the Buccaneers and the Ravens play. The Thursday games have been bad. The Ravens have been blowing games at the end. They tried to last week. They did not. The Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady, my goodness. Who could have seen this storyline coming? Baltimore is a minus one and a half uh, point favorite. In Tampa, uh, if I had told you that before the season, you probably would have thought the Ravens were six and one uh they're 4 and 3 uh the bucks are 3 and 4 um man if you're the bucks you've got to find something deep cuz to go to 3 and 5 you know that's flash and light season it's like i said week 8 we're almost after this week we're going to be on on the road to halfway home um that's just instinctually, i know the bucks have looked terrible And, I mean, home field advantage in Tampa, I don't truly know what that means. The Ravens, you guys know I was drinking their Kool-Aid. I wanted them to earn it back, and and they did that with a step last week. Buccaneers have to find a way. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's playoff Lenny. I don't know if it's Tom finding something. I don't know if it's the defense making plays. You need to find something, and I'm really excited to watch this game because I'm very interested by these two teams. I have a Thursday night available, so let's buckle in for that together. Maybe we'll get some fire tweets off, and then let's talk about some Sunday red deliciousness, and I'm not talking about the Apple video that just came out with Nikki, Joe's, and Jimmy. You need to watch that if you have not. Do you know how this Sunday starts off, Beebs?
0: Uh, I happen to have the schedule in front of me a little bit And I, and I see a 9-30
1: game We're going to London And it's my Broncos Versus BBD's Jaguars Two, two and 2-5 teams The Broncos have been a disaster of this season The Jaguars have been fading hard Think about how the mighty Broncos have fallen The Jacksonville Jaguars are minus 2.5 point favorites in London, um, you know, I, I was getting all the texts from my buddies saying, you know, we need to apologize to those blokes and, and all of that. Um, it's, that's tough. Uh, that being said, I've loved the London games this year. I know Saturday night will be coming off the World Series, so there's no Sunday, no Sunday game. So man, it's going to be a true NFL Sunday. Uh, and might as well start it off. Fun. Maybe don't set the alarm, but when you wake up, flip it on, and I mean, I, I'm rooting Broncos, but I it's kind of better for the sport if the Jaguars are good. And by the way, you know what else I got mad at? Justin Fields had a hell of a game on Monday Night Football against the Patriots. The Broncos could have drafted Justin Fields, Said they drafted a corner. It's been really good. And the defense is good. But that doesn't really matter. We'll watch that. Uh, Panthers, Falcons. No, you're not watching. Um, Panthers got a great win over the Bucks. They got to be feeling pretty good. Falcons in, in, in Atlanta. They're minus four and a half. I think I'll be betting that. Um, I think at home... And against bad teams. I think they're kind of a barometer team this year. If they play a good team, I think the Falcons will get beat. If they play a bad team, I think they will beat them. Minus four and a half. I kind of like that for Atlanta. Bears-Cowboys. I just mentioned the Bears came off a nice Monday night football win against the Patriots as they're figuring out their quarterback situation. But Justin Fields showed some signs of life. We like that. I hate this matchup for them. Dallas is favored by nine and a half. Micah Parsons. There's genuine MVP talk coming from Micah Parsons because the other two guys that are candidates right now would be Josh Allen and Mahomes. People have a little bit of Mahomes and Allen fatigue that if they don't do something special this year, which they may and they probably will, if we're being honest. I mean, the Bills could be a you know 14 win team pretty easily. Um, they're saying Micah Parsons has a real chance, minus nine and a half. Um, Maybe whatever the Bears individual team under is, I might be leaning into that because I, I think Michael Parsons and the boys might might put on a show after after the Bears were feeling feeling good, short week for them. Monday night football to a Sunday, one PM Dallas Cowboys game in Dallas. Let's find out. Lions, Dolphins. Ugh. My Lions are now 1-5. It looks like they're the Lions again. Um, Dolphins are 4-3. and three. Tua is back. I, we talked about their schedule. Lions, Bears, Browns, Texans. Why not get this Dolphin show back on the road? Miami, minus 3.5 on the road. It's a little gross either way. Um, let's see if the Lions... I feel like we're due for a fun... Lions game. They just got embarrassed at the party by the Patriots and the Cowboys. Two road games. Uh, their offense, six points in the last two games. Hopefully, they can tap into something. But it looks like that Dolphins season could be getting back on track. The 5-1 and one Vikings host the 3-4 and four Cardinals uh, in... I don't think fans of this would like this, but I think it's a mid-off. Uh, and I think it's kind of rude both ways <laughs> Vikings I should be showing them more love I kind of refuse to they're 3 and 0 at home and they're 5 and 1 on the season the cardinals are 3 and 4 they're 2 and 1 on the road uh they have Hopkins back the team's numbers are significantly different with Hopkins you know what I'm going to tell you to do the over under is 49 yam it and let's hope this game gives us some highlights and probably a couple disasters because I don't know if I believe in either team or either coach. Um, but there's the talent on the field to have a lot of fun. Maybe we get Jefferson and Hopkins, you know, two guys that have arguments for the best receiver in the leagues going back and forth. I love Dalvin Cook and, you know, Benjamin had a huge game the other day. We'll see. I don't know if the Cardinals have their other running backs come back. Let's hope that's fun. That has, a, that has a good chance to be fun, which I haven't felt from the other Games. Raiders Saints, honestly, no. Uh I told you last time I'm um, buying a little bit of Raiders stock. They're two points favorites in New Orleans. They still have to prove it a little bit. They're 0-3 on the road. Let's not make that 0-4. Saints are are kind of the ain'ts. Um New Orleans, one of the better home fields in the NFL, but for what they're doing right now, no. Here's After this year. Yeah. Uh if I told you that the Patriots and Jets were going to be 3-4 and four and 5-2 and two coming into this, who would you have had? The Jets are now 5-2. and two. They are rolling kind of a little under the radar, uh, not to be Giants guy, but Giants own it a little more than the Jets, and I guess their record is slightly better. Uh, you know, New York City and football is excited right now The Jets are on a four-game win streak. Steelers, Dolphins, Packers, Broncos. I mean, we'll see what that looks like come the end of the year. They are at home versus the Patriots. The Patriots have some QB controversy going on between Snack Jones and Zappi. Man, I know Jets fans, this means a lot. I hope it means a lot to the players. New England, a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. With two quarterbacks and three and four going up against the Jets, uh, that feels like <laughs> that feels like history is influencing the line. I don't know. It feels like one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't. Jets, take care of your business. Let's keep New York City football going, slash New Jersey. Eagles, six and oh. Off the bye week versus the 2-5 and five Steelers. Philly's an 11-point favorite, and I would take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> I would take it in a heartbeat. Um, I know the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers, they stole that game from the Bucks, and we thought they were the Bucks, right? Um, no, no, they're not. The Bucs are bad. They beat the Bengals week one. The Bengals genuinely didn't use preseason. Uh, and the Bengals should have won that game. I remember that was the overtime missed and blocked kick and all that. Um, yeah, I would I would not hesitate. I don't think we have the Eagles' lines figured out yet. Uh, and that's your one o'clock slate. So let's see. I mean, the Cardinals Vikings game. I kind of I don't want to say poo-pooed, but I, I I hope we get the entertainment value out of that one. Uh, maybe Patriots. That has Jets. the the potential value there. that that has red zone fantasy football written all over it. Uh, so let's get that going. The 4 p.m. Slate Titans, Texans, not really Titans, a two point favorite going into Houston. God, I would take that too. Like the board, like the board. Maybe I'm a gambling guy. Sure am. DraftKings. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I don't watch that though. My God. Uh, commanders Colts. Whoo. The Carson Wentz bowl. Although it's Heineke season, baby. Um, the Colts are three points favorites. Matt Ryan got benched. So this is going to be... Oh, my God. So we thought coming into this season that this was going to be Matt Ryan versus Carson Wentz. We now have Taylor Heineke versus Sam Ellinger. um, The former Texas QB... Uh, and I think, if I remember correctly, that they had a press conference saying Matt Ryan is hurt, but that's not the reason he's getting benched. Uh, so a little, literally, insult to injury. By definition. Oh. Um, man, I mean, tune into that just to see. The Heineke show is one of the best shows in the NFL right now on both ends of the scale. And uh, I guess we'll see what a, another young NFL QB has. One of these teams will be at or above 500. Um, Colts, minus three at home. No idea. Play roulette instead. Niners-Rams. Niners have a history of dominating the Rams. It is in L.A. Uh, Niners are a minus one and a half point favorite. The history would tell you these Niners are going to dominate. Week two of Christian McCaffrey. It's in L.A. The Rams defense has been really good. Uh, I don't know. Hart says just under uh, with how the Rams' defense has been playing and the Niners still figuring stuff out. But, yeah, if this is close late, the Niners have the history in this matchup. Uh, McVay and uh, Shanahan. Shanahan is just dominated. Let's see what it looks like. Giants-Seahawks, the only battle of two teams with winning records this weekend in Week 8. How about that? Is Giants Seahawks? Giants are six and one. They are three and zero oh on the road. Your Seattle Seahawks are four and three. They're two and one at home. Seahawks are three point favorites. Geno Smith has been balling on a budget. The Giants' offense has been getting it done when it matters. This uh, <laughs> is kind of the game of the weekend, which is fun and disgusting in a in a roundabout way. Uh, Biebs, anything for your your jihantes?
0: Uh, excited to see what Seattle's all about because I know Gino's sort of just been balling out all year, and I, I don't know how it's fully looked. Uh, I'm excited to see that, and the Giants uh, keep winning. Cool.
1: I, uh, you kind of got to believe in things in sports, right? And 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 if you make a six and one team. The underdog on the road after they just did it. I don't know, man. I think these Giants are playing pissy. Um, You know, the Daniel Jones conversations are getting really fun, and the Talking Giants guys are having a blast. Go check them out. I heard a good one uh, from Pete Schrager. uh, Does the, the Good Morning NFL show. I think he just started a podcast. He was on with Russillo. You guys know I listen to a ton of that. Pete Schrager, uh, who, was, uh, who was Joe Judge, the last Giants coach? Pete Schrager, being like a connected guy in the NFL, he said he called Joe Judge after he got fired. And if you remember, Joe Judge got fired, and it was a whole... Uh, they, at first, it looked like they weren't going to fire him, and then the media went nuts, so they decided to fire him. Pete Schrager called Joe Judge... And he was expecting, you know, a little bit of like, hey, thanks for reaching out, man, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, like, Joe Judge had no reason to save face or anything. Just like, I'm, I'm moving on to the next. He said that Joe Judge made a point of it to tell him that Daniel Jones is a tough mf'er. Um, So, when you've been looking at the Giants O-line the past couple years, when you're looking at quarterbacks around the league dealing with bad offensive lines, I think Rodgers is without Bakhtiari. I think Brady's been getting slaughtered. You don't have that O-line. It is really tough to play quarterback in this league. Um, and they made strides there. I know Neal got banged up last week. They have a running game. The Jan- Daniel Jones stories will, con- will continue. Let's see what it looks like this week against the Seahawks. That is kind of must-watch. That is kind of must-watch. You don't see got Really
0: got to check that one out. Like what Jones is doing. Just got named Offensive Player of the Week. Whoops. I mean, anytime you've watched him, the, the tools are all there, and now he's starting to have some scheme help, some offensive line help. Uh, the receivers still aren't there, but he's uh starting to get some help around him, and it, and it looks a lot better than previous years.
1: And then at night, What would have thought would be a featured game of the weekend and still has a chance to be because you never rule Rodgers out until (laughs) you rule Rodgers out. It's Bills Packers in Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills, your biggest spread of the weekend, minus 11 and a half. So the Philadelphia Eagles, who are dominant and they are kind of 1A, 1B with the Bills, they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are one of the worst teams in football at home, and they are 11-point favorites, Vegas thinks the gap between Eagles-Steelers and Bills-Packers is slight, slightly larger. Think about that. Um, let's see what it looks like. I'll tell you what. You just don't want to be on the other side of it if Rodgers does pull the rabbit out of his b-hole. Um, let's see. Let's see. And then Bengals-Browns, Monday night. Bengals stock might already be gone. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the football weekend. Should I give college football a look real quick just to see if there's anything that you might have to? Ohio State, Penn State, okay. Okay. Okay, Saturday during the day. I could be talked into that. Oklahoma State, K-State. That's like if it's at a on a bar you might watch. Kentucky, Tennessee. Shout out Pax. I could tune into that, but I think that'll also be world series. So maybe not. All right. So Sunday's going to be a big football <clears> day, maybe a little afternoon college football on Saturday and w- world series baseball Friday and Saturday night. We will be streaming both games. The first one, definitely from the office. The second one we'll see. I'm not sure. Um, wow. yeah, we'll, uh, hopefully we'll have updates on that soon. Uh, BBD, feel better, everyone. Enjoy a hell of a sports weekend. I mean, if you want NBA and NHL, it's there. World Series baseball, college football, and the NFL with the London game? Fire me up. You got anything else for the people, Beeps? Uh,
0: nothing. Nothing huge. Got some manager stuff that we'll circle back on on talking baseball in the coming weeks. I think. But yes. shout out to Skip Schumacher.
1: Congrats, Skip, bro. Of the night people remember. All right. Ooh. Thank you, everybody. We will see you next Monday on Wake and Jake, where we will have just so we will know what happened in the first two games of the World Series. Most the NFL weekend. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys there. Love.